Luke's Gospel this morning, Luke's Gospel chapter 17, Luke's Gospel 17, I want to share a word with you this morning, just a brief word, uh, I uh, talked to the Lord this week about Thanksgiving, I like, you know, I, I, that's just me, I like, to, I like to preach around themes, I'm probably a pretty the, 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 thematic preacher, I can't even say that word, but I are one, and uh but I love Thanksgiving. I love the holidays. I love Christmas. I love to preach around different events like that. And I was really, I said, Lord, I, I, I want to do what you want to do. Obviously, if you want to preach on tithing, we'll preach on tithing. If you want to preach on the Exodus, we'll preach on that. Whatever, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. And he led me to this unique story and gave me a unique message to myself first, of course, and to all of us. And, uh, I want to share it with you this morning. I guess if I had to put a title on it, I'd put uh, maybe the, the connection of Thanksgiving and repentance. Um, Thanksgiving and repentance. 17th chapter of Luke's Gospel this morning. We'll begin at verse 11. <clears throat> now, what we got going on here is Jesus is doing his earthly ministry, and uh, he's passing by this little town. We got 10 leprous men all condemned under the law, all living together. But I find it interesting that there's some Samaritans, they're at Samaria, and there's Samaritans in the group, more than likely Jews in the group. And those didn't mesh too good together under normal circumstances. Jews didn't hang out with Samaritans. Um, Samaritans didn't want to hang out with Jews. And here we have these ten guys, and they're leprous. So they're hanging out together. Condemned under the law. Can't even get close to people. When they see people coming, they have to scream at them, unclean, unclean. Um, you know, you, you, I thought about this as I was looking at this story and reading it and praying over it. And the Lord just, just spoke to my heart. And, you know, these guys were living in death. And that's exactly where all men are outside of Christ. Just to list, they have an existence, they don't have life. The Bible tells us plainly that you're dead and sin. These guys were a physical picture of death. How horrible that must have been to live, be living in that, to be living in death. Verse 11 of chapter 17 says this, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Imagine that. And he fell down on his face at his feet, that's the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. How odd. Verse 17 says, And Jesus answering said, Where there are not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, Thy faith has made thee whole. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word, Lord. 
God, uh, uniquely touched me this week, and I thank you so much, God, for sharing with me this, this burden, this, God, this, this word. Lord, I pray you as right now, God, I pray that you would take a, a feeble man, Lord, set him aside, and that you would magnify your personality in this place. God, that you would be heard, that you would be seen, all for your glory. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you for being here with us this morning. God, give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just some quick little points here about this, this passage and to share with you a couple of lessons we can learn and we'll, we'll be done. As we look at this passage again, you see these ten men that are condemned under the law of God. They can't get close to anybody. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but get this picture in your mind. Get this mindset. These guys have no hope. They have no hope. I've not only ever seen, <clears throat> I've only ever been in one place where leprosy was common. I didn't ever get to see a leper. But, I get, but it was common there. And I've talked to people who have been around it. And they say it's the most tragic sight that you can see. It's just very tragic. That's, that's the word that come to her. She was describing to me how these people look. And often the countenance they'll have on their face. It's just a look of utter desolation, an utter of hopelessness, an utter of utter just lostness. That they have no hope. I don't know of any cure for it. But that's what these guys, this is where these guys were at. They were there by the way, by the road or whatever, and they see Jesus coming. And they cry out. Now, Jesus has been in the area. It's getting around what He's doing. He's healing blind eyes. He's probably raised a few from the dead by now. You know, he's, His ministry is, is, is going good at this point. And they've heard all about Him. And if I find it interesting as I read this passage and I, and I, and I let it absorb into me and, and, and really try to picture in my mind the, the roadway and all that was happening, it, it occurred to me that they knew exactly who He was. That's why they gave the response they did. And look at what it says there in verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They had to by the law. Verse 13 says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on this. This word master is, is the same word that we would get a, an English word, commander, chief. Lord, boss, he is him. This is him. We know who this guy is. He is, we have no hope. We are, there's nothing we can do. We can't even, for crying out loud, get close to somebody that they might minister to us. We are condemned. We're, we have no hope. But here comes, this is hope. And they stop right what they're doing and they cry out. Lord, have mercy on us. But notice what he says. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now notice here that the, the hope, the boss, the master, the chief, the commander, the Lord Jesus, looks at them. And he tells them what the law says. 
Because under the law of God, if somebody had been diagnosed with leprosy, if they somehow or another miraculously come into some cure, the first thing they had to do in the Levitical law is go to the priest and show themselves to the priest and offer a sacrifice. So that's what he told them to do. Jesus never operated outside of the law. He came to fulfill the law, not do away with the law. But notice what happened here. And when he, see, when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Now ten of them are healed. All ten. They all receive a word from God. They all respond in a type of faith. I'm going somewhere with this. They all exercise a type of faith in that they did what He told them to do. They did what the law said to do. But a strange thing happened. One turned to Jesus. And He fell down at His feet and He worshipped Him. Now, how often, as I looked at this, I thought about this. I've been in places. I've been in events. I've been to places where there were over a thousand decisions for Christ. I've been in a meeting like that. I've been in, I've, we had a meeting this very month in Butler. And probably, I don't know what the number was, but probably hundreds responded. And I rejoice at that. I rejoice when people respond to God. And I'm going to tell you something else. I don't care how they respond to God in that they don't say no to Him. If they respond now, does all responses save? Obviously not. We're reading a story about that. But I love when people respond to God in faith. Because when people, I am convinced by these scriptures, as people respond to the light they have, more light is given. And until a, because a person is hopeless and helpless unless God gives them light. There's nothing in you. You are a dead man. You are a dead woman. You are like that leper. You have no, no hope. You can't go to Him. You can't go to anybody. You can't go to anything concerning God because you are condemned under the law. You have nothing to offer. So you're dependent on God doing something. And so I praise God when any little child responds. If they get saved, I'm not saying who can be saved and who can't be saved. I don't fret over decisions that didn't convert. The reason I say all that is to say this. Many people do fret about multiple decisions. I don't. I just praise God they didn't walk away. I want them to seek God. And they will not miss God if they'll seek Him. That's what His Word says. It's when they quit seeking. It's when they quit responding. That's when they miss God. Just a little side note there. I won't charge you nothing for that. But all of them responded in verse 15. But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice and he glorified God. Y'all, this is a great picture of the masses making decisions in religion but very few coming to Christ in repentance and faith. That's what that's a picture of to me. He was, it's Thanksgiving. You said you're going to preach on Thanksgiving. 
when I see the thanksgiving in this guy's eyes, when I see the thanksgiving that's on his man, he realizes my arm's not riding off. My fingers are not falling off. My nose is not still sloughing off. I'm healed. I'm whole. Buddy, going to the priest wouldn't have done that for him. Only Jesus could do that for him. He's the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So I see that, and I think about the thanksgiving that must have been in his heart. I saw a video this week of a man over in another country. I don't know what country it is. He was a darker skin. Probably may have been Indian. I don't know where he was at, but his feet were so gnarled. And his legs were rolled up under him. He was sitting there. And there were some aid workers there unboxing a wheelchair for him, kind of like Pam's. And you should have seen the look in this man's eyes and saw the weeping and literal wailing of joy over that. That's the way it is when a man's heart is converted by the Spirit of the living God. He may not show it like that. He, I mean, I don't think you've got a cry bucket full of tears, but they show off and do accompany it. When a man has been set free from his leprosy, when a man has been delivered from his sin, by the only hope there is, he responded to the, to the master. And that's such a great picture of repentance to me. As we look at this passage, he says, he goes on, he says, and when he saw him, he said to him, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. But listen to this. He fell down on his face at the feet, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. I find that unique. Because what I see when I see this is I see nine going to the priest and one becoming a priest. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Sitting on that pew. That morning, they didn't, nobody, I didn't need an invitation. I didn't need anything. God had saved me. God had reached down and revealed himself to a man who was so blind he couldn't see. I couldn't see my hand in front of me. I couldn't hear. I couldn't feel. I couldn't touch. I was leprous. I was without hope. Religious? Oh yeah. Deacon, Sunday school teacher. All of you names. Son, I had a stack of certificates that high. But I had leprosy. Because I couldn't reach out. I was so far disconnected from anything to do with God. I had no hope. But here comes the master. And he just converts my soul and heart in a pew. And I've never been the same. I fell on my face. At that altar, I won't ever forget it. I don't know what I prayed. It was, I was saved. I couldn't pray no prayer to get saved. I, he saved me. I didn't get saved. He saved me. And I just, man, I, I turned that altar there that was built with all the beautiful accolades and all that. It's a beautiful church. It's like this one. It's a beautiful place. But man, that thing had blood all over it that morning. We had a worship service, just me and the Lord Jesus. That's what this old boy did. Nine of them 
went and showed themselves to the priest, but one of them became a priest, and he built him an altar on, altar on the feet of Jesus Christ himself. Literally, physically. And buddy, he had him a ball right there. You talking about Thanksgiving. Wow. That was Thanksgiving for him. They could have gone and ate a turkey. But you know, the sad thing is, we see this all the time. We see meetings, and I'm, again, golly, don't ever think I'm knocking that. I love meetings. I love decisions. But how often, the meeting I was in were over 1,000 decisions, 1,400 and something decisions. But yeah, I can go to that town now, and I sit down in the restaurants, and I'm an old redneck that observes. I like to observe. And you hear some of those that I remember being in that baptistry talking. And I see their business dealings. And I see how they treat their families. And I see how they live their lives. And I wonder. I really wonder. Now, did they just go show themselves to the priest in an act of religion? I just wonder how often men are willing to do religious acts. And here's what it is. It's a selfish motivation. It's just selfishness and self-centeredness. And what you do, what the devil will do is he lets you dress it up with religion. He loves that. I, I know so many, I don't know maybe personally, but I feel and, and know in my spirit that so many come to Christ for what Christ can give them. Yeah. I heard an old preacher I used to, I love to listen to him now. He's been dead for years. But Paris Reedhead made the statement one time. He said, the only way a man can really know Christ is when he comes to the place of understanding who he is, his helpless and hopeless condition, Understanding who God is and he comes to a place in his heart and life that he's willing to give his all to Christ knowing that hell is at the end of it. Now that's of course not true. Hell's not at the end for the man who's repentant and been born of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. But his attitude toward God must be that. His attitude cannot be, I'm going to come to Jesus for what he can do for me. I'm coming to God because I have no hope. And He is hope. He is all. He's everything and I am nothing. It's that attitude of the heart, that, thanks, that thankful heart. It's tied directly to repentance. And I shared with you recently how God had worked in my heart in my life about thanksgiving. In my personal walk, in my personal life, how I was unthankful. God had been working in my heart and he revealed to me then and I didn't realize it till I studied this passage this week that either one of two things goes on when a man is unthankful. One of two things are going on. Number one, he is, his, his unthankfulness is tied to a lack of repentance of his sin, singular. The sin of being born one time. Lost. Or either he is a man who perhaps has been born again, but he has unconfessed, unrepentant sin in his life. 
And it dirties his life up in one of the first places it shows in his thankfulness. So, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Nine of them got religion. One of them got relationship. He said unto him, that last, that one guy, these other nine, where are they at? But to him, he looked at him and he said, arise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. That phrase there, thy faith has made thee well, is the same phrase he told to the, it's the same exact Greek phrase is what he told to Mary when she washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And he said, woman, your faith has saved you. It's the same thing. Nine of them got religion, but one of them got relationship. What can we take away from this? Just a simple little devotion. Ungrateful hearts result from a selfish motive. Nine of them were totally willing to walk an aisle and pray a prayer. Get in the baptistry. Nine of them were totally willing to do whatever it took to get rid of the leprosy. But that's all they wanted was to get shed of hell. I don't know anybody who wants to catch the next bus to hell. The masses will do anything. They'll add as much Jesus as they need to onto their life to miss hell. But few there be, few there be that are willing to die to themselves and become a bond slave to the master. Even if hell was at the end of it because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. And he is. Sandy, he's worthy. Ungrateful hearts result from a selfish motive. Nine go to the priest out of duty. And one went to Jesus in repentance and faith. And you know, there was so much that they all should have been thankful for. Think about it. They're out there in the middle of nowhere with leprosy. And I guess you can say Jesus just happened by. Thank God he happened by me that morning. What about you? Thank God he happened by wherever I was at and you were at. Because there was no hope. No hope. You can't say that enough in a sermon. You can beat that horse to death and it never gets old. They had no hope. But Jesus passed by. Thank God he passes by. They should have been thankful for his providence. He could have took another road. He's God. He's just, but, but also a man. We can go any direction. He could have went anywhere, but he, he went by there for that one. Isn't that good? Thankful for his providence. I, you know, how many of us have heard the story of I was late this morning because my car broke down, but when I finally got it started, and when on my way to work, there was that bad wreck. Y'all ever heard that story? I've heard it on different times. In 1987, Donna was early one particular morning for work. Now, I'm not picking on her about being late. I didn't say a word about Donna being late. But she was early that morning 
I don't remember if you wanted a biscuit or something before work. I can't remember what it was, but she was just two or three minutes earlier passing through the Glade community. Ten minutes, ten minutes early passing through the Glade community. And the tornado walked through there, and I'm talking about, I've been in some war zones, and I'm going to tell you right now, a war zone had nothing on it. It was leveled. Thank God for His providence. It's just, we didn't know God then. We were wicked. We didn't know it, but God is providential. He's good. I learned that word in seminary. <laughs> but we ought to thank Him for His personality. Luke 5, 12 and 13 tells of a poor man who looked at Jesus one day and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me whole. And he said, I am willing. They ought to have been thankful for the person that he is because they had no hope condemned under the law. Nothing they could do. But he was willing for all ten. For all ten could have turned to him in repentance just like the one did. They ought to have been thankful for that. And then thirdly, they should be thankful for his power. Nobody putting them out by themselves. Nothing nobody could do to help these men. There's no cure that I know of for leprosy. There's no cure for your heart, sir. None. There's no cure. It doesn't matter how good a man you are. Because I was a good one by the time the Lord saved me. I had become a pretty good old boy. I was in church every time the doors were open. I would go to prayer meetings, extra, extra prayer meetings. Sunday school teachers studied, prepared, wanted to be a good teacher. A deacon wanted to serve. Wanted to help my pastor. Wanted to do all those things. But that couldn't help my heart. It couldn't fix it. Nothing would help. But with a word, Jesus spoke a word. And they were healed. Right there. With a word in that pew. Bam. I was converted by his spirit. It was done. Oh, how they all ought to have been so thankful. One was. Let me give you a few scriptures. Psalm 107, and I like to read them. I know what they say because they all say the same thing. Psalm 107, 8 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 107, 15 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 107, 21 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And 107, 31 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. You ought to just read Psalm 107 for homework. The first lesson is they should have been, they had a, the first lesson is ungrateful hearts 
result from selfish motives. They had very selfish motives. There's no doubt in my mind. Just like the masses we see today in America. That American Jesus that comes to give you all the goodies. But the Jesus of the Bible is life. And you're dead. Men are so willing to add that American Jesus onto their life. That's selfish and self-centered. Very few are willing to come in repentance and faith, believing. But the second lesson we learn is this. And I've already said it. Thankfulness is a telltale sign of your relationship with Christ. It's Thanksgiving, the season. But it ought to be every day, every hour. You wonder about why some people cry when they come into the presence of God? They, they may have, it may be that they just have a, 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 just a glimpse of what's been forgiven. Jesus actually said it. He said, woman, though your sins are many, your faith has saved you. I bet you she'd shed a few tears at his feet. I know when God deals with me, he's so loving and so kind. I don't deserve that. And all I can do is lay my head down on that desk. I'm so, I'm so broke up in my body. It's, if I get down in that floor, he'll have to do a miracle to get me up from there sometime. But sometimes I just can't help it. And that big old 100-pound dog will come in there and like, what's wrong? But I'm overwhelmed at how good God is to a sinner like me. As we enter this season, and we look into our, the face of our families and our friends, Let's think about what it means to be thankful. we got so much to be thankful for. And if God has never brought you to that place C.C. Wynan is singing about, I encourage you that during this season, with a tender heart, go to God and seek God's face in His Word, counsel, however, prayer. The prayer and the Word is my favorite ways. I love for people to come to me and tell me how God saved them. I'll counsel with you anytime. I'll help you all I can, but there's nothing I can do. You must hear from God. Thank you so much for being here, and we're going to go, and we're going to eat lunch and have our Thanksgiving meal together. We don't have a magic formula. We just country folks. If you're a guest, we just get in there and root with the rest of us hogs because we're going to get after Let's pray together and bless our meal and give thanks to God for all he's done. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for all that you've done. God, we come in grateful adoration of all you've done. God, you've been so good to us. There's people all over the world. But God, there's people right here in Choctaw County that don't have hardly anything, if anything at all, to eat. And Lord, we just take it for granted. Oh God, would you help us not to ever do that. God, let us see with the eyes of Jesus. Let us hear with the ears of Jesus. Let us feel with the touch of Jesus. God, help us to, to be soft and light. God, in gratitude for all that you've done for us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you will be. God, all that you are. 
God, you just are, and we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.